The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. The times, they are a-changing. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. I told you we were. You didn't believe me, but we are, honestly. Um, I am the big man, John Mack, and I'm always joined by the medium-sized man, the bad guy, Chico. Me and Mark Crowver, how are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Fresh off watching another glorious win for the Reds last yesterday, so uh, I'm feeling very, very good today. I know, let's just hope it's one on Thursday, because, you know, my sorry ass is getting the train down. <laughs> back, back to the motherland. <laughs> I'm good, though, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Interesting, interesting developments over the last 24 hours. Um, you could say that. You know, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, hot promo. What can I say? <laughs> you know, shook me to my very core. What's that? Oh, that wasn't the right one. All right, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, just to, a different one. Fi- you'll have to fill me in on, uh, on the uh, goings-on in old uh, All Elite Wrestling. Um, so as usual, we're gonna we do our cretin of the week to start off with. I take that well-worn idiot paved path to Cretinville. Uh, but this week we're gonna do a bit of a war games gimmick because uh, the shit that Quite happened yesterday. At the moment, isn't it? Well, well, this is it. Not the blood and guts gimmick, but the war <laughs> games gimmick. In terms of this is this isn't this isn't cretin of the week. It's like cretin of the week. The morons beyond because. Um, <laughs> like the match beyond in, in war games because this is just if this is legitimate this is ridiculous so uh credit of the week the morons beyond what's been going on at tony khan's funland mark what's been going on it's uh it's well mad, isn't it? what hasn't been going on more importantly um to be fair we we had a little discussion about it the other week didn't we uh about some of the you know bits and pieces that come out with between punk and <clears throat> between Punk and um, Adam Page, and it sort of yeah, looked did, yeah. as though it looked as though it had been sort of squashed at that point. I don't think it has. <laughs> if if what, this is what, real or not, what gave you that idea? <laughs> um, I think the most incessant CM Punk I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Just like pure anger in every every single sentence at that. Uh, Post pay per view media scrum, whatever they call it, media press conference. Um, he won't best plays, I mean, was he? No, no, I mean, I did, I hadn't actually seen it because uh, I got up this morning, watched, I watched the main event because I didn't want to have that spoiled for me because I wanted to obviously, as we all know, I'm a bit of a CM Punk stan, as they say, in the as they say these days, stan, um, as your tea yeah. gone cold. <laughs> um, so I wanted to see how that played out uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it CM Punk became the world champion again um, you fucking prick I've not seen it <laughs> sorry oh. man uh, I can't oh. believe I've ruined that for you <laughs> oh man just my me now <laughs> so Punk goes first up on this, this, meet, uh, this press conference and from sort of minute one, you can tell some of us not quite right with him. Yeah, um, he's eating and of, talking. Rude. Yeah, so rude. Um, 
but he's basically gone on a, a fiery, fiery rant um, talking about um, his past with what's his fucking name? <laughs> Adam um, Page, Colt Cabana, Scott Colton, yeah, whatever you want to call him. Scott Colton, yeah, he was calling him, wasn't he? Um, Adam Page, he touched on the EVP, so he, you know, referring to to, to uh, the young books and Kenny Omega, um, old Kenny. Some of the some of the stuff, some of the st- I've been sort of been going back and forth of it all day, really. I, you know, one minute I thought it was legit, then I'm thinking it could be a work, and then I'm just I don't know where to sit with it. So the lines are so blurred with it. I'm sort of really, I don't know what to think. Um, but I think there is a lot of truth in it. Maybe they're, they're elevating the truth to create a storyline. I don't know. But I think there is a lot of backstage, backstage trouble that, uh, in that company at the moment. Um, what do you think of it all? Because obviously, it's you know, it's it's all around. It's all that anyone's been talking about in the world of wrestling today, absolutely. I think there's definitely something toxic going on there fundamentally at the core of the, of the promotion. And I think it needs addressing. And I think if this is legitimate you know punk's the only one he's really got the bollocks to just come out of it it's from from the way i see it if it, if it is a work it's a fucking superb work oh god but yeah we, but we know punk's a superb worker we know mjf's a superb worker the other the other the other four characters involved aren't not so much in terms of you know working the crowd believability etc blah 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 i think I think it's sort of like, from what I can gather, it's like two camps have formed, like the punk camp with your FTRs and, and the people who, you know, want to learn. And then you've yeah. got, like, the the elite guys. Like, like he even mentioned Adam Page saying, like, he doesn't take advice. And he was like, you're a dumb, uh, what is it, empty-headed dumb fuck. If, <laughs> if, Terry Funk, if Terry Funk's in front of you, you take his fucking advice regardless, which is true, you do. Well, like, um, like, um... It's similar to, you know, FTR did an interview the other week, didn't I? I showed you it. Um, yeah, they were talking yeah, yeah. about how, you know, there's not enough people taking on board the advice from some of the top minds they've got in that business, in that company, sorry. So you've got, just to name Regal. a few, you've got Regal, you've got Dean Malenko's backstage, people yeah. like Jerry Lynn, even the big show, even even Mark Henry, people like that. You know what I mean? They've been there, done it at the top top company. Oh god, yeah, and CM, experience level, yeah. CM CM Punk, for God's sake, you know he's been there, done it. He's probably, you know, he's been one of the biggest stars in the business for however long he was. Danielson, Chris exactly. Daniels. Yeah, there's plenty of experienced heads there that would be. I'm yeah, sure they'd yeah. be open to giving any advice, but it just doesn't seem like these guys want to take it. And it, and it for me, they're just not getting not getting any better for it, are they? Whereas, whereas you see someone like MGF, who, from what I can gather, you know, he, he plays his gimmick very well. He put he's he's very much into the kayfabe. You know, he tries to keep it alive. But from what I can gather, he's very much a student of the game, and he'll listen to people and learn. Same with FTR. They they they're getting better all the time. Whereas, yeah, of course, yeah. Adam Page, has he got any better in the last year? I don't think so. I think he's anything. He's gone backwards. I don't think he's got any better in the last three years. I think I mm. don't think he's any better than when I saw him in Ring of Honor. It's 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 this is what I said the other week. I said those guys, your books, Omega, all that camp, they they think they're over and they're not yeah. trying to get over, they're just coasting on anything they think they've done before. 
And just because you were a star in New Japan doesn't mean fuck all in America, really, other than to a small audience. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and Adam Page has done really nothing in this business. The Young Bucks haven't really done anything in this business, really. Do you know what I mean? They no. were opening match in Japan. They're not like a main event drawer, are they? So. Not at all. I mean... Uh, you, this is going to be a subjective chat, do you know what I mean? You, there's going to be people that it's going to be people that sit on the side of them guys. I certainly don't. I've, I, I don't see any at, at this point of his career why Punk could be playing shitty games backstage. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to, does he? No, like he knows he's the top guy there. Like that, that him and him and Danielson, and, and the fucking knows what they're doing with Danielson. Jesus Christ! But Punk is the top guy. And yeah. these these guys, from what I can gather, if this is the truth, and it could well be, it could go either way. They're trying to bring down the top guy by these little backstage leaks, you know. Because yeah. they've got they've got Meltzer on speed dial, they've got Alvarez on speed dial, they've got you know whoever else. Up. Yeah, he's a twat. Span. That dickhead Bixen span. But what's it? What, I hate that Bixen span. He's a right weasel little prick. He was he used to produce Cornet show, didn't he? he used to call him Styles Bitchley or something. <laughs> um but yeah, like it's it's one of them where are they jealous that someone else is the top of the card now? Is that what it is? You know Well I think they I think they were sold by Tony Khan, like you guys were gonna build it around your, you know, fame and your fan fans basically. And I think yeah. he slowly realised that once he got real stars that they can only cater to a portion of people. They're not yeah. They're not going to bring in the big books, are they? They're going to bring in the young books, but not the big books. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like another another frame of mind that people have said is like, to, like from day one, Tony Khan's mo was to get Punk back in the business. That's why he he has a massive market in Chicago. He'd been talking to him from day one, apparently. So right. it's like. Tony Khan absolutely loves CM Punk. Absolutely yeah. loves him. And you've seen that in, in those previous press conferences where he's sort of been all you know, he said how how important he is for the for the profits of the gates and the you know the pay-per-view buys and what have you. So it's it's an interesting one. If it is legit, if it is legit heat, then it is an interesting one to see where it's gonna go because it needs to get squashed pretty quickly, otherwise it's gonna be it's gonna get even worse, you'd think. Um, yeah, it's... the only the only thing the only thing that's making me think it could be just an elaborate work is just how public it's become in the last twenty four hours. Like there's just a report coming out every two or three hours. Do you know what I mean? There's that. It feels a little bit too convenient. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong, but I don't know. Um, I mean, Punk's made it public, hasn't he? Punk's instead of like the snipey promos on TV, he's come out and said, "Listen, fuckface, this is how it is." Because yeah. I think he felt he was pushed into doing it. He even said himself, like, this is embarrassing. I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to come here and mention this guy's name. I don't want to mention his guy's name. And essentially, Colt Cabana's a fucking footnote. It's it's more about the other three trying to use Colt Cabana as a catalyst to to make Punk look like a knobhead. And whether it, like I said, if it's a work, it's superb. But it's all on it's all on fucking Punk. Because he's elevated it. I think I think the stuff he was saying about MJF's probably a work, but I think he was using that 
that legit anger that he had at the time to sort to of try and force that, that, yeah. Yeah, channel that. Um, which you know is good. Um because I think I I think that him and MGF, like I think there's something between them, so I think they can sort of see something in each other. You know, like how oh, yeah. I think Punk saw something in MGF that was like similar to what he was like when he was young. I think I, I don't know if it's I could just be completely wrong there, but I just feel like there's some sort of begrudging respect there between them two. Definitely. I mean, my favourite part of the whole thing was when he uh, called Aunt Meltzer and Alvarez. <laughs> the Meltzer bit, what did he say? Um, have I ever have I done anything to deserve this, Dave? Ever? Not a goddamn thing. And because Meltzer just, you know, stum. And then uh, <laughs> Alvarez, he called Alvarez about him kicking off, about him going into business for himself. And Alvarez, like, backtracking. Classic. Little weasel that he is. Um, yeah, it was. It's, it's, but he's, I think he's. A lot, you said you said to me that seems a bit worky, but I think he's called out them two because them them two are like the big fucking champions of the yeah. elite, aren't they? And like, like nothing they do is is fault. You know, the, it's always faultless, flawless, and giving giving shitty TV matches five stars because he thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then Will Ospreay crowing about it, and Nash just shutting him up and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> but it's it's, oh, it's ridiculous. So I think this has got legs. I think this is going oh, to be. Yeah. It's going to keep motoring on, isn't it? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. I think the I think the issue I think he had was just it's just like playground bullshit. It's like Chinese yeah. whispery bollocks. Just like he's like he says in his thing. If you got a problem with fucking talk, come come to me about it. Don't be like. Telling fuckwit journalists and you know, be a Jesse whatever. Lingard, yeah, or a or a Dino <laughs> Henderson, <laughs> not beds. <Yeah. laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna there's gonna be stories about it in the next few days. You know, I don't know. How they, I really don't know if it is true how the fuck Tony Khan's gonna deal with it because he just he to me. He doesn't look like he has any authority there. Even no, if he just wants everybody to be happy, doesn't he? Yeah, like even if that was genuinely what Punk felt, and he just sat there going, just like it's pro- like it's not why not? He's not he's not an actor, is he? He's like, and his reactions were like, oh fuck, oh shit, like fuck, <laughs> what's going on here? He's got no control of the situation. He's letting. Problem with him is if he, if this is legit, he's 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 got a lot of blame for this. He's He's gone into he's got into bed with the wrong people, clearly, who didn't know anything about running a promotion and and stuff like that. And he's listened to them for too long and he's kind of just let everybody do what they want to do because this is the place where we could it it shit like that don't work. If you let everyone do what they want to do, it's never gonna end well. But like the Omega the Omega stuff like removing the FTR from the fucking video game, which essentially is, is you know, it's it's a fucking video game. Who gives a shit? I mean, they'd yeah. make they'd probably make money off it on royalties, but it's just stuff like this, and it's, it's so like the, transparent. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the books, the books killed uh, FTR's push to begin with. That's quite widely known. And They've then not been on they TV let... properly for weeks, and were they even on the pay per view? FTR were, yeah. In a she six man um, match, um, oh so like the, the whole plan from what I could gather was that 
FTR was going to beat him for the world tag titles, and then they went, "No, nah, we're not doing that." Our boys, our boy Kenny Omega's back, so we're gonna we're gonna drop those belts and go to the trios tournament. Um, so Have they all got creative control or something. Fuck knows, maybe, maybe they've got the old Nash contract, Hogan contract. Doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, it's gonna run and run this in it, so I'm sure we'll have more to chat about with it next week. <laughs> Definitely, but yeah, the the, the cretins of the week, if this is legitimate, is. He's got to be old, old Kenneth, the young, the young fucks, and uh, and I will quote, dumb fuck, empty-headed Adam Page, but not Adam Cole because he's he's a sweetheart apparently. So, and I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that if that's true because I've got still love a bit of Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 still there hoping he reclaims his uh, former glories. But yeah, it's it's just mad. It's bollocks. I've never heard anything like it. It's just like usually, if you hear like backstage shit, we'll go out, we'll have a fight, and it's dealt, it's dealt with. Do you know what I mean? People call shit out to each other's faces. Not, you know, it's like um, I hate I hate to use football references for everything, but um, have you ever heard that story about Roy Keane when he said he'd had a disagreement with Peter Schmeichel and they were like, "Let's just have a scrap. Let's just let it all out." But like now. Nowadays, it's like, oh, let's leak it to the newspapers. Let's leak it to the journalists, just to let you know. It's it's like that. Yeah. It's it's the same thing in most sports, isn't it? It's I know this isn't a sport per se, but it's still those sort of egotistical personalities backstage. And, and don't get me wrong, CM Punk's got an ego for you know, of course he has massive ego, and he can but, be a prick. You know, he says that himself. Oh god, yeah. You know, he, he's very prickly, isn't he? Sometimes, but yeah. I feel like I feel like calling like if it is like calling him out about this this fucking Colt Cabana thing, just leave it. It's got nothing to do with you. Like he obviously doesn't give a fuck about Colt Cabana anymore. He's not mates of him. He doesn't care. You know that's where it's all apparently stemmed from, isn't it? Well, this is it, and and to go if if the hill you're gonna die on is fucking Colt Cabana, that's pretty fucking tragic. And I mean that in like Adam Page the. The books and Omega. If that's the hill they want to die on, Colt fucking Cabana, and just grow, f- grow the fuck up, man. It's like <laughs> yeah, what does he actually like? You said last week, what the fuck does he bring to the table? <laughs> really, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> He's a jobber in a jobber group. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. I mean that that group, but that needs to go quickly. Yeah. But that's just that's just my personal. Not a massive dark order fan. No, me neither. Um, but anyway, we could talk about that all night, couldn't we, if we really wanted to. But uh, we'll we'll move cool. on to something a bit more light-hearted. Yeah, we're going to see what old Ricky Flair's been up to in another edition of Woo Watch. Woo! So this week, <laughs> he's got another new venture. Oh, he's a venture capitalist himself. <laughs> old Ric Flair has gone full-on, like, mental. Bottom of barrel. He really has. Honestly, I've, I've never heard of this company. I think they're an American company because we tend to not have health insurance over here uh, just to be able to, you know, go to the hospital. He has done an advert for a health insurance company called Mount Everest. And this couple get to the top of the mountain. <laughs> and who's there? Ric Flair in a fucking paisley blazer. And he just can't say the words Mount Everest. He calls it Mun Everest. And Mount Everest, 
like that. And it's just, it's, it's just rambling. And this couple are looking at him like they've just, you know, seen the second coming of Christ. Like, <laughs> oh, wow, Ric Flair's at the top of this mountain. He must live in an igloo or something. And he's fucking, he's just rambling. And it's, it's like, I get that you're hard up, mate, but you put it in your face and, and your voice, which is, is fucked. <laughs> so just anything. It's I mean it's not it's not peaking like Woo Wings did. Woo Wings <laughs> is obviously the peak. <laughs> Woo Wings, right? And and I've heard the the the, the advert, the, the audio advert on um one of um uh Conrad Thompson, I can't remember which show I think it might have been the Regal show as an advert, but he's he's wittering on and like unintelligible like meandering crap about woo wings and then obviously he's got his weed as well Ric Flair drip and <laughs> it's just fuck me it's never it, ending it, is it and this is why we wanted to do a segment like this because he is the gift that keeps on giving he really <laughs> is I mean we know we have a Russo Gilberti thing on Cretan of the Week Tony Khan occasionally Meltzer occasionally but there, there's a sort of sporadic appearances Flair was just non fucking stop this guy lives his life to the maximum, whether it's in the ring, on the beer, or being a cretin. He can't do anything half assed Ric Flair. He really can't. <laughs> he's, he's just he's just we he had a week off last week, didn't he? But um he's sort of just it's never too long until he's back in the limelight again. No, he's he's like he's like a mole in a field, <laughs> just always popping his head up. Always popping like whack whack a flare and someone's hits him with a hammer. It could be a, that could be a game we could look into doing. To be fair, whack a flare, whack Oh dear, I'm looking forward to some more Wu Watch in the next few weeks. I'm sure, I'm sure it won't last long until uh, he's back up again. Well, this is it. You don't have to. You don't have to sit there and go. Oh, I, I hope he does something because he will. There's just there's no two ways about it. He will do something. It's usually some sort of weird venture. It's like keeping yeah. his keeping his business interests afloat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a uh, Woo Watch for the week. And uh, now we're going to get into uh, the meat and veg of the matter, as a famous person once said. It is <laughs> Monday Nitro, 26th of August from Palmetto, Florida. Time. 
And uh, this should be a barn burner. So we're here with uh, Lonnie and Sony, and they're not fucking about this week, are they? Straight into it, Jesus. I know, straight in. They did this last week as well, didn't they? Straight into a match, no no setup or anything, just no messing about. Maybe they heard us talking about the brevity of the WWF stuff last week. <laughs> they might have done. Um, we got a very interesting matchup, though, didn't we, to start? Uh, oh, Billy Kidman. versus Kidman. Yeah, against uh, Juventus Guerrero. <laughs> Juventus Guerrero, a young warrior, black and white stripes. <laughs> uh, two uh, up and comers. So it's a nice, interesting matchup, isn't it? I was, I was actually quite thinking, yeah, I hope this could be quite good. Um, Company to the ring by Max Allegri, of course. <laughs> Very much a flat back four. Um, <laughs> Larry, Larry says it's going to be a barn burner, which yeah, did, fair enough. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think what he's an ass for this one. <laughs> um, Hooven to Guerrero or Hoovy to his friends is a uh, is masked like if psychosis was a unicorn. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's got the mad yeah. hair, but he's got like a big knob in his head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really really nice, really fast start. You get your headlock leapfrog and a lovely slam by Kidman. He's uh, he's very white meat baby face, Billy Kidman at the moment. It's a crossbody to Hoovy. Sends both out, and uh, Larry says, "Not a Guerrero, but a Guerrero." Still too close for me. Not a fan <laughs> of the Guerreros or the Guerreras. Is there history there between him and that family? Or I have no fucking idea. I think it's just Larry being heel, Eddie be Eddie and Chavo being like uber babyface at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and they, they have a bit of back and forth on the apron. Uh, Hoovy climbs him, and he looks like he's going to do a Hurricane Rana. But then he's just like a sunset flip power bomb to the outside with an absolute grim thud, like proper mm. lump, lumped his head on the on the thing. Then he does a pescato into a leg drop. So uh, <laughs> Shivani's clearly being coached by Mike today. <laughs> a pescato, <laughs> a pescato. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really drop the leg though. He sort of stands on him <laughs> a bit. You know what I mean? It's, it was a bit. Yeah. Odd. Surely, and like he was sort of out for ages, and I thought, surely he's due a count out, Billy Kidman here, mm. but he wasn't. And then uh, <laughs> Hoovy pulls out some sort of springboard corkscrew elbow for two, and then he does a springboard counter into a power bomb by Kidman for two. He does a, a suplex by Kidman, and then a shooting star press for two. What? What? Mm. What? What the fuck? Come on, shooting star <laughs> press for two. Fucking hell, that's. That's when I just went. Yeah, I just went. Nah, that's yeah, this is this is getting a bit spotty for my liking. And then a hurricane ran off the top by Hoovy for three. It started well. It got a bit spotty, but you know it's exactly what you'd expect from Hoovy. It wasn't really for me. I mean, it was the right winner. Tony pronounces it hurricane rana because I think he was trying to be Spanish, and uh, Larry calls it the flying fajita. <laughs> Nice bit of casual racism there from old uh, Zabisco, the man with with clearly an Eastern European name, <laughs> is going for the, the xenophobia. Ridiculous. Uh, what, what did you think, Arkid? I actually, I liked it a lot better than you. I thought it was quite good, actually. And I, I, do you know why? Do you know why I didn't mind it? Because it was short. I think if it went an extra five minutes, it'd have been like, yeah. well, we're going on a bit here. 
but it was it was quick, it was concise, it was to the point. A couple of little messy bits. That little bit on the apron with the fact of the power bomb was a bit. Yeah. It was a little bit messy. That because someone could have got that's Lucha, that's Lucha for you know, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that is what it is. But there's some really good stuff in there, like you know that um, that corkscrew springboard splash was good. Really athletic. I like, I really like that sort of Billy Kidman he caught in midair for the power bomb. I thought that was really nice. Really good counter. Uh, yeah, I get what you mean with the shooting star because that's like for most people that's a finish, isn't it? You know, what I mean that that probably could have finished it. And then I, I didn't mind the fi- I didn't mind the sort of the switch Hurricane Rana from the top rope as well. I thought that was interesting. Um, very similar to sort of what Ray's been doing recently with some of his finishes and stuff like that. But I, I thought it was a nice charismatic though. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, that's not even competition. Ray's like streets ahead. But I thought it was a nice fun TV open. It actually got me quite into the show because I when I was sticking it on, I thought oh, I'll just watch a couple of matches and then I sort of watched that and I was like, right, here we go. I'm gonna you know, we're gonna stick loads of it on here. So um I didn't mind it, I thought it was quite good. Um the next bit was a bit shit like <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so uh Gene joins old Hoovy in the ring. Who is standing in the ring with our own Gene Okerlund. I thank you very much, Tony Schiavone. This young gentleman, just let me give you very quickly a little bit of his background. He's one of the great superstars from south of the border, and he has come to join fame and fortune here at World Championship Wrestling. You know about the injury to psychosis. Now you're going to be facing Conan, and I know you're not real adept in English, but let's try it. Uh, I don't uh, uh, no comprende espanol, amigo, but uh, you go right ahead. You have uh, Conan at a shot at that Mexican title. That's right. That's right. Psychosis. No está aquí. Because Conan broken to brazo. Pero yo estoy aquí para demostrarles que soy el mejor luchador de México. Y ahorita se los demostré. Y próximamente. Are you getting a little... Uh, little... I am the best wrestler Mexican. All right, uh, obviously he has a very... Uh, yeah. But I want to tell you one more thing. What one more thing? In Mexico, all the people know the organization New World Order. In all Mexico... In all Mexico, is a scare. Have a scare, but don't have to. And... Um... He says psychosis is injured, so he's now facing Conan. So I'm like, oh Jesus, not this fucking. <laughs> now the reason I said, G- right, we're not, we're not big Conan fans. We're not Conan. But when he's in with a a, a lucha sort of guy, it, it just shows how fucking clunky he is because he tries to he tries replicate to be lucha. That. Yeah, he tries. Yeah. To, yeah, and I know he's trained in Mexico and blah blah blah, but he's a big fucking dude to do that shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gene says he's, he knows he's not great at English. No comprende espanol, Gene says. Yeah, he looks knackered. He's knackered. He's like panting. He rants in Spanish, gets fucking massive booze. Fucking <laughs> uh, brutal, Why would they stick him on the mic? This is what I've said. Then he shouts, <laughs> I am best wrestler Mexican. And then um, he mentions NWO for some reason. And then Gene wraps him up. It's like, don't give him the fucking mic then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, just, well, just don't give it him. I felt sorry for him. I was just like, what are we I, doing here? Why are we putting this poor sod on the mic? He can barely speak a word of, word of the Queen's and he's fucking... He's, um, 
he's having to do a promo with Gene. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I felt I actually a bit sorry for him. I know it was like twenty odd years ago, but I was like, "Oh, come on, let's do the do the poor lad a favour." Um, oh, no. they could have at least given him an interpreter, couldn't they? Do you know what I mean, Jesus, um, there must be somebody who could speak Spanish back backstage. <laughs> yeah, uh, Conan. He's <laughs> in the crowd as well. Conan, Conan, and Ray and uh, Eddie. And Chavo, there's tons of people who can speak Spanish. Give him a mouthpiece, fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit... It, I thought it was a good match, that it was ruined by... We don't have to do an interview after every match, do we? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, there's don't. no need for it. There's no need for it. No. Um, he's like, he's like, I don't know, Gwild, and he's just gone, hey, guys, uh, didn't get me on there enough. I'm going to have to do, like, twice as many... He's on appearance fees, isn't he? He's like, I'm like... Yeah, he gets, like he's, every time he's on the show, he gets a, a, a little, little bonus. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have me on the bench. You've got to bring me on. <laughs> um, we've got a clip from The Crow. And you can see a light bulb go off in fucking Sting's head then, couldn't you? That's <laughs> exactly what I thought. Must have been when Sting got his idea. Or unless unless it was some sort of crazy foreshadowing where they were going, this is what we're going to do, so we're going to put this on the show. No, that's no. clearly... It definitely wasn't. Clearly, no. And then, and then there's specifically a bit saying, fuck you, fuck you, you bird fucker, right? That got bleeped out. And then I'm looking at him going, who is that? Oh, it's sweating lunatic Iggy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Iggy Pop. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most random fucking thing. Going, what was that? It was so fucking weird. And then, uh, and then we cut to uh, Glacier Package number 48. <laughs> it had a now, kung fu stick this time. Yeah, now we've spit, now we've spinning pole. <laughs> Still no date. Kung, yeah, kung fu grip sold separately. <laughs> Although we will yeah. get back to him, we'll get back to him later. If you remember. fucking will. Yeah, yes. Um, yes, I do so... remember. It's, it's burned <laughs> in my memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> we get to actually the first sort of, you know, the recap. You know, they, they normally do this, but they did it after they, all this with Larry and Tony discussing last week. Yeah, so they uh, recap the Horseman Wooden Tops Allegiance. Um, Larry's shirt's actually horrific. Shit shirt now, wasn't it? <laughs> it was probably it looks like someone shot on a Picasso. It was fucking horrendous. They've already alluded Shack to the fallout. The <laughs> <laughs> They've already alluded to the fallout. Like Trust mentioned a lot. Um the horsemen and masters of war games. And then he goes on about Alexander the Great and fucking Roman Empire and he's saying the NWO could be the fifth empire. What the fuck was that all about? That was shocking that. That was that was Larry going, I'm clever. I know my history. <laughs> It was awful. That Did he, it felt like he was like just muddling along, getting to where he wanted to go. He didn't. I don't know what he was going on about there. That hey, hey we've made a podcast out of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, that was that. That was enough for them too. Um, we get to our next match. Very interesting pairings going on here. Um, yeah, the well, dungeon of doomed careers. <laughs> um, so it's. Old Taskmaster, Taskmaster, sorry, um, Taskraster, ta- Taskraster, yeah, man. Um, 
Hulk Hogan. So, uh, old Kevin Sullivan ah. and uh, Big Bubba Rogers, um, Big Moss Man, whatever you want to call him, uh, with the most annoying cunt on the entire show, Jimmy Hart. Um, yeah. Against, <laughs> against Jim Powers. Uh, Mark Marcus Alexander Bagwell, accompanied by Teddy Long. Very random. Um, Riggs, Scotty Riggs came down with him apparently as well. Yeah, but I didn't see him. Did you see him? I couldn't well, see him. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. But he was mentioned. Apparently, he's, he's accompanying Marcus to the ring because he's injured. He wasn't there, though, was he? He definitely wasn't there. I didn't see him. They say that, that Teddy Long's the Godfather. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> <laughs> sit, sit there with like. Caught him all in his cheeks, doing his best Marlon Brando. We'll make your Alfie guy refuse. <laughs> Break my heart, Fredo. I can't do it. <laughs> um, Mini Hogan is looking very un-Hogan tonight. Yeah, he's got away from it now, hasn't he? He has. His eyebrows are gone as well, and I'm not enjoying that. I, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd prefer to have him looking like a crazy little Hulk Hogan troll doll. Um <laughs> Sullivan straight on powers and outside. He always goes outside. This is what I mean. Do you know when Cornette goes on about how much he's outside Moxley? He loves Kevin Sullivan. Fucking Sullivan's every fucking week he's outside on the rail in the crowd. Fucking the problem, the problem is with, with Cornette. I love Cornette. You love Cornette, but he's a fucking hypocrite sometimes, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah, so, sometimes he is, yeah. He, <laughs> he will back. It's like, do you know, do you know like, did you hear a bit about Flair's last match? If that was anybody else, he would have torn that to shit and he went, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go on about what people want me to go on about while I've still got some respect for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's that's probably about as... Nash did the same, though, didn't he? He said, I, he said I'm not, I wasn't going to watch it. You know, I yeah, think he was at the event. He was like, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah, he fucked off, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. They know what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? They're, Gosh, they're, they're as, yeah, they're as in, in agony watching it as everybody else is. Yeah. So, yeah, so it all, everyone's in. It breaks down. Fucking Nick Patrick's reffing. So, obviously, that's going to get alluded to. Um, Bubba is in a Nitro crew shirt. It always that always screams jobber to me. Yeah, it does. With NWO, I guess it's like understandable. We are we are WCW kind of thing. So I can let that one slide. This I think time. it's that, or he just forgot his top. <laughs> it was like no, it was like on Sunday Night Heat when you saw Sunday Night Heat before the pay per views WWF, and you'd see like all that the no marks like S A Rios wearing <laughs> a Sunday Night Heat t shirt or. Some, do you know what I mean? Attitude era t-shirt. <laughs> I'll give Bagwell credit. It's, it's it's we've not given him a credit for a while, but he does have he, he does have decent babyface fire. Bagwell when he gets oh, going, yeah. when he does his little comebacks and his cleanups and stuff. Bagwell's good, you know. Yeah, I think he's I all right. I don't mind a bit of Bagwell, not on Twitter, obviously, but you know, <laughs> in the ring, circa '96, there's a meaty power bomb by Bubba cutting off him, cutting off Bagwell. Um, and then the tree, the tree of woe by Sullivan, which they put over massive at the beginning. Like he's obviously <laughs> tree of woe. It's a and fucking it's like, standard move, isn't it? <laughs> like he kicks him in the gut, and then he does his double stomp. There's a there's a bit of a weak tag powers in, and he does a mediocre clean up. Um, he does like double heads to the turnbuckle with Hart and Sullivan, 
it was it was quite funny to be fair. I, I thought it was quite amusing. I that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Powers pins Bubba for two and a and a three quarters kind of thing, but gets three. Well, it looks like he pinned him for two and three quarters. Patrick says restart. Bagwell's already fucked off. <laughs> Bubba slams Powers for three. It was messy and piss poor, but it adds more to the Patrick angle, I guess. And then the replay shows that it was a uh, three anyway, initially. <laughs> it's a fucking so, shit show that finish, wasn't it? <laughs> I think they're trying to they're trying to make Patrick. He's, he's just trying to like, add layers onto the Patrick thing, being a bent ref, right? And, yeah. Um, why would he be? Why would he be bent towards these guys? I don't, that's what I don't get. Like. Is it just because his focus is purely NWO and he's just not quite on it? I don't know. Like, what, what was the crack with it? The only thing I can think of trying to, you know, find nuance in it is, um, it's like he's doing this in two po- against two pointless teams, so it doesn't look like he is for the NWO. It's just NWO. Do yeah, you know what I mean, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of that actually has some logic behind it. But yeah, who the fuck am I to to know? You know. <laughs> Whatever goes on in the mind of these people. <laughs> it wasn't a great match, though, was it, to be fair? Just little glimpses, but... It was poor. <laughs> Provocatively poor. Appallingly poor. <laughs> but then again, there's little little glimpses, like you say, like like Bagwell, he's got, the, he's got those little fiery moments, which are quite fun and quite good. But that finish was woeful, wasn't it? Really was. Yeah, it- on paper, it's a good idea. In practice, execution yeah. didn't work. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, and Gene's back again with the dungeon. Johnny Savani, I thank you very much. Jimmy Hart here. Very fortunate you're still intact, along with Big Bubba and the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. I don't know. You got five out of skin of your teeth in that one. Another victory for the Dungeon of Doom. Plain and simple fact. That shows the power of Big Bubba Rogers. I should be getting all the title shots. I should be in all the main events. I'm not going to be overlooked anymore starting tonight. And oh, by the way, what about this Glacier character? I keep seeing promos saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. What if you're coming? Come on, baby. I'll let you have a little bit of this. Yeah, Jimmy Hart. You know, Bubba, don't worry about it. Because you see, Glacier's got this little interview that said blood runs cold. Glacier, when you get here to the WCW, the only thing that's going to be running is going to be you. All right, Kevin Sullivan. You know, I'm going to turn the tables. A year and a half ago, if everybody listened to me about Hogan, this problem would be going on. I could ask you something, Gene. I saw you out in a boat in Sarasota with Hogan a week ago. That wasn't me. That was Eric Bischoff. I know Eric Bischoff, and y'all know Eric Bischoff. Did the guy have hair? Yeah, the guy had a bald head. It was you. The other thing is, the four horsemen, this needs to be addressed. You know, they got a Wolverine that's been going around saying he's been beating me up. It ain't my neighbors that are talking about it you get my drift i got it well let me tell you something if the if the horsemen think they're the last line of defense against hogan and the nwo they got something else coming kevin sullivan before you run away have you been greasing the palm of nick patrick first of all everybody's entitled to a mistake 
even you hanging around with Hogan. Thank you very much, Dungeon of Doom, and stay tuned, more Nitro, live from South Florida, here on TNT. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then Bubba starts whittering about how he doesn't want to be overlooked and deserves title shots with main events. Uh, no, you don't, mate. In what world? Sorry. You got beat by Tenter. <laughs> I know. Several times. <laughs> but then, but then, speaking well, of then, a man who mentioned earlier, oof, is this the start of the, the first feud for the, the megastar that is Glacier? Because he then name drops Glacier. He says, we've seen that he's saying he's coming every week, but... You know, he isn't. He was a he was meditate debut in July, apparently, but that didn't happen, did it? No. <laughs> and then Jimmy Hart says the only thing that's gonna be running is when Glacier gets to WCW. And then he thinks the same way as we do. <laughs> but then Sullivan goes on an absolute just tirade about Gene. Yeah, it's so <laughs> say, weird. He was just out of nowhere, wasn't he? He just said he saw Gene on a yacht with Hogan. And then Gene said it was Bischoff. It's like, how could you ever, how could you ever confuse Gene for Bischoff? <laughs> Did Gene have a wig on? <laughs> a jet black wig. Did, yeah. Did like Bischoff have like a comedy moustache on? <laughs> you know, like Groucho Marx, Jobby. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think Kevin Sullivan's promos have been absolutely piss poor the last few times we've seen him. Like, like really yeah. bad. <laughs> I don't know what he's playing at. It, it mugged me off because I, I, I was like, oh no, Sullivan's quite good, you know, like he's, and and I've seen him do good stuff, but this is not some of it. <laughs> no, it definitely is. not. But then we, um, we cut to a, we went to a break, and then come back from the break. Jane's back again with the wooden tops. Yeah, in a little segment we like to call "Time with the Wooden Tops." All right, fans, we are back in the locker room area. WCW Monday Nitro on the air. Lex Luger, Sting, gentlemen. We know that coming up at Fall Brawl of the War Games, you're going to be teaming up with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. But what, Lex, about this challenge from Steve Mongo McMichael and the Canadian crippler Chris Benoit? Just Stinger, we thought we had things straightened out with the horseman last week. A new twist. Benoit, McMichael's... You want to gut check the Stinger and I? You want to challenge us? Well, we've accepted the challenge right here on Nitro on national TV. I couldn't think of a better place because we're in the frame of mind that kicks them behind. If you want some of us, come and get it. You know, one thing that's uh, kind of strange, you're going to be teaming up with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, but I don't think there's any guarantee, Stinger, that they wouldn't interfere if it involved the horsemen. Well, right now it seems kind of obvious that there's no guarantees because last week everything was cool. We all laid it out on the line. Rick and Arn, you even asked Chris and Steve McMichaels, is it cool with you? And the answer was, yes, we respect your opinion, Steve and Rick. We'll step aside. So now this week, you want to test us. It's a gut chest, just like the total package says. I don't understand that. We don't get it. As far as I'm concerned, if you want Chris and Steve to gut check both of us, that means both of you want the same. That means you don't trust us. After all we've been through, Ric Flair, especially you, you should never, ever question our intestinal fortitude. You're making a mistake. Another thing, too, gentlemen, what about the NWO? Nobody's saying anything about the New World Order, Lex Luger. One thing at a time. This is between us and the horsemen right here. They made the challenge, and we accept. We've, made it, we've staked our careers on never, ever 
backing away from a challenge, and it won't be any different tonight. All right, gentlemen, work ahead of you. You've got the horsemen, Chris Benoit and Steve Mongo McMichael. I'm ready for a little bit chance. later on here on Nitro. As they head down to ringside, let's get back to you, Tony and Larry. So Luger's sat there. He's old, he's flexing the old uh, jiggly pecs, as uh, Arn likes to call them, um, as he usually does. <laughs> um, he says uh, there's a new twist, but... There might be a new twist, but it's same old fucking Luger. Do you know what? I'm going to surprise you here. I quite like Luger's bit. Didn't mind it. Quite concise. No botches. <laughs> Very much got his point across. You know. I like wine. <laughs> <laughs> but then Sting started speaking, and his promos, they sound exactly the same every week for me. It's the same thing. He starts quiet and then he just goes, ah! And he just like ramps it up like in the middle and just like, he just adds, he just, they're so weird. And it, and they were talking about the trust between Flair and Arn and things like that. What do you reckon to it? Yeah. He, he had a good line in it, Luger. I'll give him that. He says, I'm in the frame of mind to kick some behind. But it, it, the way he says it, it's a bit bland. It's the kind of thing Dusty would say. Yeah, with that I mean? classic point. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Go on, Sting, do it, do it. I'm in the frame of mind and kicks on behind, daddy. <laughs> that sounds it's good. A, it's a piss. It's a piss poor impersonation, but you know, <laughs> I, I do what I can. Um, yeah, Sting, fucking hell, he botches. He doesn't say gut check. He says gut chest. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like it's like cakewalk all over again. Still don't get that. Um. They should never question their guts, apparently. And um, and then they ask him about the NWO, and he says uh, one thing at a time, because like, he can clearly not multitask. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Isn't that the whole like point of this match, the NWO? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't great, was it? Especially from Sting. He's been shocking for weeks now, hasn't he? Then uh, we went to the to the ring again for a match between. Mike Enos of of Rough and Ready fame, um, that's it. yeah, that's it. against uh, Uber Babyface Chavo. He's back two weeks Super in a row. Uber Babyface, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> before the Mike Enos is bland as fuck. Let's just say that he's bland as yeah. <laughs> before the match started, though, Tony Schiavone announced that Hogan's going to be defending the world title at Halloween Havoc against Savage um, in did, Vegas. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. I mean, whether it's going to be a good match or not, I don't know, but it might be a good build. Savage, Savage he usually pulls it out of the bag with Hogan. I mean, I've seen him have good matches with Hogan, but it's one of them. They're, they're both in the 40s at this time. It's like, yeah. Can they do it still? We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, big size difference between the both guys, wasn't there? I think it was sort of set up to... Because obviously they, they also announced that... Um, it's gonna be Char it's gonna be Charvo and DDP at the pay per view, didn't they? Which it's could be slightly good. disappointed me because I was hoping yeah. it's gonna be Eddie. But I think it's one of them where it's like you'll get through Charvo and then it's Eddie. Do you know what I mean? It's like a whole like Guerrero feud, which could be quite good. Yeah, um, that's that's the sort of impression I got. Char- Chavo's music is like super cheesy eighties rock in it. Like <laughs> yeah. suit, like the it's like Jericho singing it. It's that cheesy, it's fucking appalling. Mike Enos is, like I said before, he's so fucking bland. He comes out and he shouts a bunch of idiots to the crowd, and it's bland. 
Like he's like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> made that same brand. <laughs> no. But uh, Chavo starts hot and he's like scrappy doing it. He's like this like... Let me add him. Let me add him. <laughs> Yikes, Uncle Scoob. Um, he dives. He gets caught. And then fucking Enos takes about four hours to give him a fall away slam just to show <laughs> off that he can carry the guy. Uh, he picks up Chavo up the steps and just dumps him. And then uh, our good friend Dickie Slater's down with a towel on his head doing his Samoa Joe impression. <laughs> That's where Samoa Joe got the uh, he got the idea. He what he was a big fan of Dickie Slater in the nineties. You see, how, how can you not be a big fan of Dickie Slater? What a repugnant what human being. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, it ends. It's like Enos is really cockily dominating him, like with extended backbreakers, power slam, fisherman suplex, or always nice, mm. uh, power bomb, and, and Chavo land. It was like a botch power bomb, but it wasn't a botch power. It was actually quite interesting because he's got the power good bomb him. It's a good sell yeah. job. And he, and he lands on his leg, and then Chavo bangs, zones in figure four. There's, a, there's an accidental ref bump, quote unquote. Turns out it wasn't. He gets a thumb to the eyes from Enos and Slater's in. He elbows Chavo. Um, he swaps out with Enos. They look fuck all alike. Genuinely. <laughs> One's got like a, a Sid Vicious, like, you know, spaghetti mullet. Rudy Voller fucking job. And, um, and then... <laughs> the guy's got like a skinhead, doesn't he? Like dead yeah. short hair. <laughs> and then, so he goes for a figure four and he gets rolled up by Chavo for free. But the ref still has sight issues. This is how it works, right? The ref's yeah. got poked in the eye. He clearly can't see properly. That's how they got away with it. I didn't actually mind it, to be honest. It was all right, wasn't it? Uh, I thought Chavo, it was, a, Chavo it was quite good, didn't it? Yeah, I like a bit of Chavo. Yeah, I really do. Sort of slightly underrated, didn't he? He never, never really reached the heights that, well, never got even close to the heights of Eddie, but, you know, he still had that quality, didn't he? Um, Not as much as Eddie, though. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> the the funniest bit in the entire match wasn't even in the ring. It was <laughs> it was, um, it was was Tony going, oh, there's Conan in the crowd try, uh, in his incognito where he couldn't have looked less incognito if he tried. It looked exactly like a Mexican he wrestler. Had, <laughs> oh, he, had, he had the hat on and sunglasses. He actually looked like the incognito tab on Google. <laughs> It was like, and then Larry said he thought it was Ray Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the funniest I mean, bit of the match. To be fair. <laughs> they are they are proper ringers for each other, though, aren't they? To be fair, you oh, yeah, yeah. spitting dabs, aren't they? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was in Conan playing the piano. <laughs> Two point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, Enos is. You know, like you said, he, he's got absolutely zero personality, but he, he had a couple of nice moves in there, especially that. Uh, you know, I love, I like a fisherman suplex. Like you said, it just looks good. And then the the finish would have would have been silly, but like you said, it it, it kind of worked with the ref, right? That's one where it's like they've done some really shitty daft finishes recently, but that one it was shitty, but it worked because of the context of it. So yeah, didn't mind yeah, it too true. much. Um, I thought we were going to see a little little aftermath with DDP or anything, but nothing to be seen, unfortunately. Well, DDP was nowhere to be seen on this broadcast, which was a shame. Yeah, I was, I was wasn't a fan of that. Um, but then, uh, rough and ready, a little bit of dissension in the group, isn't there? After that, 
Certainly is. In the, in the middle of the ring. Um, First of many get dissensions to, tonight. Yeah. We get to Gene on the ramp again. He's with Chavo this time. I thank you very much, Tony Schiavone. Well, uh, some shenanigans here backfiring on your opponent, Chavo Guerrero. But you've got... Dallas! Where are you, you coward? Where are you? I knew you wouldn't be here, Diamond Dallas Page, but I know you're watching me. I know. Eddie beats you one, two, three at the clash, but you couldn't leave it at that. After the bell, you had to take him out. I come in and help. I beat you last week, Monday night, you're one, two, three. After that, you couldn't take that either. You had to try to take me down. You whipped me. You whipped me with a belt. You think that humiliated me? That didn't humiliate me. All that did was put coal on my fire. That's it, Diamond Dallas. Someone's got to teach you how to lose with respect, and you're looking at him. All right, uh, you better just uh, settle down a little bit here. Chavo Guerrero, Jr., coming up at Fall Brawl, you're going to be facing Diamond Dallas Page, so all of this rhetoric is going to come right down to a one-on-one matchup with the man that you despise because of what he did to you. I can't wait, Diamond Dallas. I can't wait to face you at Fall Brawl. I can't wait. And you know what? You obviously know nothing about, about the Guerreros. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. All right, I thank you very much, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Diamond Dallas Page, and Paul Brawl. We are live for the greater Tampa Bay area. This is Nitro, and we're right back. And Chavo, he tries, bless him. He does, but he's not the best. No. Um, he, he recaps the DDP issues and the whipping last week, and that he's got Page at Paul Brawl. He literally doesn't really say much other than like if you mess with one Guerrero you mess with the whole family it's like dude you're supposed to be the fucking baby face you know you don't want multiple people against DDP DDP's supposed to have all the fucking goons yeah do you know what I mean what do you reckon yeah, to, uh, yeah, Chavo's, I mean, uh... it was I, I didn't mind it he, like he's not the best talker is he but neither neither was Eddie to be fair at this point anyway um, no. so he's still quite young at this point wasn't he in his career I think um, or relatively young, anyway. Um, like I said before, a little bit good. It's not Eddie and DDP at the pay per view, but I would assume it's down the line somewhere. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think that that could be really good. I think this is just the sort of starting point of it, which which is good. And he, he I like the bit where he said he couldn't take. You know, a DDP said he couldn't take that he lost twice to the. You know, he lost to Eddie and he lost to Chavo in the same sort of week or well, within a week. So I, I like that. Yeah. It was like, it, it was little bits of that um, that I didn't mind. Like you say, he's not the best talker, but he got his point across at least. But then we uh, we cut to some uh, some cruiserweight action. Um, the belt again. Always know, the belt. Almost every week, isn't it? It's like the sort of TV title at the minute. Um, at least it's not the heavyweight fucking title. The TV title's on Luger, I think, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't seen that. In, we haven't seen that in months, though, have we? Let's be honest. No, we thought because he's too busy tagging with his old mate. Wooden why don't they two. just give it to someone else? Like, why? You know, instead of DDP having that, like Lord of the Ring, they should have given him the TV title because he was defending that every week, wasn't he? Exactly. He's <laughs> very strange. Eddie's got. I that. know. I know. Um, so it was. Um, Obviously, Mysterio, the champion, defending. I didn't know who it was at first. Did my research. I, I found Jerry out it was Jerry Lynn in a mask. <laughs> JL, Mr. JL, who was called, I think. That's it. Um, was that his first appearance, or has he been there before? I, from what I haven't seen him before, have you? Do you know, do you know what? I'm not 100%. I'm, we, we've not seen him on this run, but he could have possibly been. 
It could have been Somewhere on the Saturday well. show, just going like that, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's got music that Ray Mysterio should have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Mysterio's music's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like ominous. Starts yeah. starts hot with a nice eight point five on the Steamboat scale. Arm dragged by Jerry or Jezza. Jerry Lynn, um, good, isn't he? Very good. Yeah, and then Mysterio knocks out an eight point three. Not quite as good, but still, you know, anything over an eight, it's a bonus. That's it. Uh, nice back and forth arm work. Uh, hammer lock into a headlock counter by Mr. Lynn. He works it, though, with a takeover. And then uh, Ray pulls out another 8.3. Nice. Consistent. Um, Get you a goal. Uh, yeah, 8 out of 10 most weeks. <laughs> set, set pieces. Hurricane runs. Nice arm drag. <laughs> Hogan National Hall rock up outside. And spray paint a truck. NWO for life. And nice. I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all right when it? it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> did exactly what it said on the tin of paint. Ray's out when he when it comes back. He's out, and the refs counting, and there's more painting. It's like Bob <laughs> Ross watching Hulk Hogan do Bob Ross. There's uh, there's no mistakes, just happy accidents. Um, <laughs> you go to break with uh, Jerry Lynn in the camel clutch. They come back in a Ray counters a, an abdominal stretch with a hip toss. It's a springboard drop kick and a somersault sent on, which was nice. Old Dino's watching from the mm. aisle. Ray shouts something inaudible at him and uh, Jerry Lynn gets into the amateur wrestling. Put- it was a bit slow. It kept on like stopping. and Jerry Lynn Yeah, that bit was wrestling- odd, though, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. why were they doing that? I don't know. And I just put this is not as good as I had hoped. Mm. Um, Jerry Lynn works the works the back. Nice pair of neck breakers and a power bomb. Uh, a victory roll counter for two by Ray. Uh, J- Jerry Lynn's on top. He just slamming a Boston crab. He starts working the back, grounding him, and then he moves into a single crab. Then like a bow and arrow variation. It was nice stuff. It really was. Mm. Um, and then the fucking <laughs> this had this match had no fucking chance, right? With the NWO running bit, and then the countdown to fucking hour two. Right, mid match for fuck's sake. It's it's like if there's ring, if I put if there's ring post pyro with these two fuckers in the ring, there could be some serious third degree burns because them twats are on the top all the time. (laughs) It's so it's so off putting though, isn't it? When you go from like one commentary team to then Bischoff and that shouting in the middle of a match where you've just sort of lost your way with it, it's like there's no continuity. Yeah, it's it's fucking, it's almost disrespectful to the in ring what's going on in the ring though, isn't it? It's I agree. You know, just wait until the match is finished. I'll just wait until the next break or whatever. Like, I don't understand why they have to do it mid midway through a segment or whatever. Um or do a savage and get get it bang on time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't quite manage that though, did they? It's just Ray, Ray, um, I would be completely pointless to have all the fanfare during the match. There's just no need for it nah. at all. No, nah, not at all. Oh. Yeah, I mean uh, th- the thing with them, obviously, if he won it again with, with a slightly botchy springboard Frankensteiner, wasn't his best to, to retain the title. I agree with you in the fact that it was a bit stop starty. Sort of, I like the fact that there's sort of it's, it's like a little soft feud going on. Him and Dean still, obviously, when he came yeah. out, he spoke into the camera about you know Dean wants his belt back and get it and all this. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Dean comes out very subtle. He's watching odd. He's scouting. He obviously got. He got surprised last time, didn't he? Or, you know, last time they fought. So he's obviously trying to yeah. do his scout report early, trying to get in. I'm, I'm guessing that'll be at the pay-per-view. Could Makes be wrong. Sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that bit with the amateur wrestling pose was that that didn't do out for me. <laughs> that that was strange. That did um, not work for me, brother. I mean, I know it's Jerry Lynn, but he was he was p- portrayed as a lucha, wasn't he? So why is he doing like that? It's just it was odd. Um, but everything else was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be when I f- found out it was Jerry Lynn because I didn't know. But I didn't I didn't mind some of the sort of the transitional transitions of moves and stuff by like Jerry Lynn. That was really good. Like you know, like you said, Boston Crab transitions to single modified a bottom or stretch stuff like that. That was really nice. That was very Malenko esque the way he sort of transitions. Oh yeah, move definitely. To move. Um, definitely. That bit was good, but there was just a few little bits, and it was just like. Like you said, they didn't really give it much of a chance with the fucking the amount of interruptions during it, so you sort of lost your way with it a little bit. But well, that's as you'd I expect, said. Ray Ray keeps his title going forward. I'm assuming, as I say, I'm assuming it's going to be a Mimalenko in the next couple of weeks. Let's hope so. I mean, I I just thought it was stodgy. Plus, all the other variables, you know, just just did added to the to the the stodginess. Really, it was yeah, it just wasn't. Wasn't for me, and you know, you kind of. I think, I think maybe we kind of expect a bit too much from Mysterio. Like he's yeah, never, got, he's not always going to have like. Yeah, exactly. He's not just going to have classic after classic, is he? It's going to be a shocker. I think them two could have a really good match if they were given, you know, the time, the chance to do it properly. Yeah, I mean, they were given like fourteen minutes, but it was fourteen minutes with a break, with a backstage cutaway, yeah. with fucking hour two, and, yeah, and then we much going to, on there. That's it. Yeah, then we cut to old. Uh, Gino with uh, Benoit, Mongo, and all three devilish women. By the locker room area with Chris Benoit. Of course, we've got the lovely ladies, woman, Miss Elizabeth, Deborah, Steve McMichael. On my hotline, I reported that Coach Dave Wanstead of the Chicago Bears has contacted you this past week about returning to action in the National Football League. Listen, brother, I ain't here to substantiate your 1-900 number. What I'm here for is the match we demanded. In hindsight, baby, those guys don't need to be backing up Flair and Anderson. It's us, and we're going to prove it to them, the world, and especially the WCW and who are who, NWO. You watch. All right, uh, they have been out doing a little painting. Uh, by the way, woman, you've got to knock that off here on television. I can't help myself, Gene. By the way, how is your good friend, Hulk Hogan? Oh, between you and Sullivan, get out of here. I'm beyond reproach. I have nothing to do with the man. Chris Benoit, later tonight, Lex Luger and Sting, let's talk turkey. Mongo and the Crippler, let's get one thing clear. We didn't relinquish our spots in war games. That was the decision left to two men who made us horsemen. Two men that have never betrayed us. Tonight is not about vengeance. Tonight is not about envy manifesting itself. Tonight is about security. Security, not only to the horsemen, but to the WCW. Look into my eyes. Can you see the hungry beast? That's something, Sting and Lex, that we believe you don't have anymore. We're going to find out tonight. All right, Ego's obviously involved because Sting and Lex Luger bumping these two men, apparently, from the war games at Fall Brawl. However, we're going to be seeing them in action a little bit later on in this television program. It's Psycho, it's live, it's on TNT. Don't go away because we're right back. Woman is all fucking over this guy. All over. <laughs> Every time, isn't it? Every single time. <laughs> um, and he's sort of, he's trying to ignore it during this one, isn't he, to be fair? He's uh, 
he's, yeah. he's nursing he's nursing it, but he's uh, he's, he's, he's trying his best. Dean says that um, a coach has been in contact with, with potentially a coach has been in contact with Mongo about returning to the NFL, but uh, Mong- Mongo ain't commenting on any rumors, baby. Um, well, his exact his exact words were, "I ain't here to substantiate your one nine hundred number," which I thought was fucking great. That's a good line, yeah. <laughs> I thought you actually did a decent promo for him. You know, he's he's not he's not oh, great, is he? Normally, he botched and blew a raspberry. The mad fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just like lost his words and just went. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. One baby though, baby count. It's back. That's it. That's it. It's back in, in slim, slim version, but you know. It's better than now, isn't it? But do you know what? Benoit, to be fair, he botches slightly, but overall, that was possibly his best promo yet. He struggled at the beginning, yeah, because he stumbled at the beginning, didn't he? But then he, he found his way a little bit. Didn't it? It was actually, it all made sense. There was a bit of inflection in his voice, not much. But you know, mm. you know, we, we can't ask for miracles here. But yeah, I thought it was probably the best pr- promo I've seen him do. Because I think when he's with Mongo, I think he maybe feels he can be let off the leash because he's not being overshadowed by Arnold yeah. Flair. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I maybe because obviously that, those two are top tier talk. Well, and more than Flair, in my opinion, at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought I didn't think it was too bad. Um, and I think Eric the most Bobby. Sorry, go on. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I think the most intriguing bit was again someone, you know, a woman said that asks him how his good friend Hogan is. So it's like that's two things in one night asking about Gene and and Hogan. So you know, Gene quite strong in his denial of of that. And mm. I don't, I, from what I can gather, I don't think there's anything that builds from that. But I don't know. It adds that sort of mystique to it, and that that sort of is he is he with Hogan as well? I don't know. That's what they try to do with everybody. I think, like they did it with Flair for a bit. He's Flair, the fourth man, and all this shit. And with the limo that just rocked up and Flair yeah. to be all that kind of stuff. I think, but I don't particularly think we're, we're going to see Gene in you know his, his double denim outfit with an NWO t-shirt on in his Canadian tuxedo. Although I wouldn't mind watching that. That that could be quite interesting to see. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be a, yeah, it'd be different. So we, get, we go to Eric and Bobby, and they mention Savage versus Hogan at Halloween Havoc. They recap the Hogan chair shot and last week's promo uh, that Savage did and the giant match. So basically, Savage was a bad lunatic, but now he's a he's a good lunatic. Yeah, he's like, spun the narrative. <laughs> exactly. He's a lunatic, but now you want that lunatic on your fucking side, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we, uh, it is, it is. But then we get, uh, then we get a proper, proper savage promo with old Gino. Eric Bischoff, I thank you very much. We should point out for the record, as I was taking a look, and of course you were watching at home to that footage from recent uh, uh, nitros. This man was also taking a look at a monitor. Come on in, Macho Man Randy Savage. Let's lay it out for the record. You are signed for October the twenty seventh in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the MGM Grand. To face Hulk Hogan, a very controversial figure, Hollywood Hogan, the man that did you in for the WCW heavyweight crown. I want to clarify that. I'm quiet, but deadly right now. Yeah, I got the title shot. Yeah, Halloween Havoc is going to be Monday. I deserve it, yeah! Let me tell you something, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. It's for all the marbles. 
I might only have one marble left in my head, but I'll guarantee it's going to be the scariest match of the century. Because I'm going to take you apart piece by piece what's ever left after war games. Because nobody cares. I don't care. You don't care. Nobody cares. So let it happen. Understand what I'm saying? Well, I, I do care. I, I really do. I don't care if you care. I'm in the zone, buddy. Very quickly, let's let's go back. You've got you've got something before Hulk Hogan, and that is that fall brawl. You've got the giant, the man we just saw. I'm gonna blow through the giant. That's it. All right, the Randy Savage. Do you have an extra chair? Enough of that. Eric, let's get back to you. He looks fucking mint in that blue and yellow stuff. What yeah, a fucking outfit that is. Yeah, that he was quality. He's, he says he's quiet but deadly. He says, uh. The, the match against Hogan's for all the marbles, and he might only have one marble left in his head, which he <laughs> probably has. And he says uh, he doesn't care. Nobody cares. Gene, Gene says he care cares, but uh, Macho says he doesn't care if he cares. Uh, <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> exactly. And something that I really don't care about, he's got uh, the giant fall brawl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. And Macho did a shit one last week, didn't it? Well, not shit, but it wasn't his standard. This was more like it, made very nice and short, and just got his point across quite fully yeah, as well. Yeah, good on this one. And just sort of laid his intentions out for the next few weeks. Obviously, he's got the giant at the next pay per view. Then it's the big tight, you know, the big sort of face off between former friends um, Hogan and Savage. So yeah, he did. He, 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 he set up. He set up to. Well, he, he added to two sort of matches there, which was, I think that's quality to, to be able to do that, I think. That's it. And then uh, then we get uh, one of my favourites versus one of your favourites. This, <laughs> this is about as bad as it gets, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, this could be five-star dog shit gold. This cretin again. This is everything I don't want to watch. Mark. <laughs> it's everything, the worst, isn't it? Fucking dipshit Duggan. And the giant, the former world heavyweight champion. He won't tell you that though. <laughs> so Duggan can't move him, and old Jimmy Hart grabs the leg. Duggan goes out after him. He goes after Hart and nicks his coat, and then throws it in the face of the giant. By, that's it. Shit punches by Duggan and puts Giant into the post. This should really be a squash. A mass, like a fucking extended bear hug. I nearly fell asleep. Um, he starts ass ramming him into the corner. That's <laughs> ramming him with his ass. And then uh, ass will, I don't know how else to describe it. He's just like it's that shit that Rikishi used to do, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and then we get then we get the uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, um, mm. current currently being uh, investigated for misappropriation of funds and whatnot. You know, everyone's everyone, everyone's got a price. Ted, everyone's got a price. Um, him, him, him and his son Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah, what I a legacy they're leaving, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's 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 nipping through the crowd. Ted DiBiase, fresh fresh die job. Clearly mm. a fresh die job. Uh oh, the tape's out to no effect. Times two. The fucking refs watching it though as he's doing it. Just sat there, just enjoying it, and he's just like, "Go on, then, yeah. do it." <laughs> and fucking Jimmy Arts gets his piece of wood, 
and uh, chokes love for free. He gets what? He gets his what out? His piece of wood. <laughs> That's MDF. <laughs> <laughs> two by four. <laughs> Great choke slam, to be fair, though. <laughs> yeah, sustained it. I think he had a bit of trouble getting the fucker up at first, but once... <laughs> It's, it wasn't as good as that Benoit one he did the other week. Jesus, yeah, that, that was awesome, that one. monumental. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was clearly wank. But uh, DiBiase uh, adds intrigue to the NW angle, even though they think it's Horseman. But we'll, we'll talk he about does, that. He, does, he puts up four fingers, didn't he? And then he said, five, next, week, "Next week, five. So. It left you that. What is that? Is that you know? That was quite good actually. Yeah, it was. It was smart. I give it that. It adds intrigue. That's what I mean. It's like the NW angle. It's got got all these little, you know, sort of tangents that it's going off in, and it's quite good. Then we get old Gene with uh, the giant. All right, guys. I thank you very much. I'm still somewhat in shock seeing Ted DiBiase here at ringside, but you're also in shock, giant. I'm in shock. You're all going right. I am in shock. I can hardly talk because I'm in shock. Macho man, you want to blame this on me? This is my fault. I let WCW down. Brother, where were your guts? Where were you? How come you weren't there? I'll tell you why, because you were scared. You know you can't cut the job. I tell you what, you're going to fight Hogan in October? I'm going to fight Hogan. Because I tell you right now, out of me and you, it's going to be me. Because I am the world heavyweight champion. If I have to beat Hogan for the belt, I will beat him. If I have to beat you, I will beat you. Doesn't matter, Macho Man. Fall brawl, I'll be there in the cage. I can bet on it. Wherever you go, there I'll be. Thank you very much. I think that pretty much sums it up. His feelings... The Giant saying Macho Man Randy Savage does not deserve a shot at Hulk Hogan. Stay tuned. Goodness sakes, these guys are very messy. More Nitro coming up after this, please. This must be a record. He's been on it every segment almost, Gene. I know. Can you imagine me having to clip all this shit? (laughs) Good luck. Some of them might not be as as worthy as the others. (laughs) So I did it last night, man. The giant is in shock. He is shocked. He just keeps telling you he's shocked. <laughs> he blames Savage. He'll face Hogan, not Savage. And uh, he says that he's the world heavyweight champion again. He's not. You're not. You're he's, not, Paul. Not. <laughs> I think he's got rinse and repeat in his head. And then he spits on the camera. <laughs> Fucking Gene wipes it up and says, uh, like, oh, these people are messy or something like that. <laughs> I think he just went to default, didn't he? Like he lost his way. He was like, "I'm the world," and he just thought he was already saying it. Then yeah. he had to say it. <laughs> no, you're not, mate. <laughs> I did, I did get beat by Hogan. <laughs> Fucking hell! And then, uh, then we get uh, buy the Hogwild VHS and get a free bandana. No thanks. <laughs> nope. No, you are right. One. <laughs> well, I've still got some air on my head. <laughs> but then we get to. Uh... A high-profile match, you could say. We saw this, didn't we? Didn't we see this a couple of months ago? Yeah, it was nice. It was a good little match. Yeah, so old rock and roller back against uh, Arnon Flair, as That's as it. usual, flanked by the devilish 
and Eric's just he's just pushing the narrative this 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 DBRC narrative every single segment from now. He's just he can't stop going on about it. <laughs> he almost he almost ruins it by just saying it every single minute. But he can't leave shit alone, can he? He can't leave shit to breathe. No, he can't let it just sort of just marinate and people just think, right, is no. this this? But he's like he's doing all the thinking for you rather than just letting you sort of put your own pieces okay. together. And that that's a that's a classic Kevin Sullivan sort of booking trope. He used he used to sit back and go, "It's not done yet. Let it simmer." <laughs> like <that>. It's true, <laughs> exactly. But so like, I don't know why Bish, Bischoff likes to pull the trigger very very fast or yeah. quick draw McGraw there. Fucking hell! <laughs> so here we get the Eye of Gibson and the Mullet of Morton. Everyone's favorite forty year forty year old dressed as Def Leppard, circa nineteen eighty four. Fucking hell. But it should be solid, this, to be fair. They're out to Flair's tune. Combs think uh, DBS will be a horseman. Flair's in his Glazer's out robe, green and gold. <laughs> Good to hear you supporting the movement, Rick. Oh, yeah, that, that is an ideology we can get on board with, definitely. And just looks fucking business. Uh, then then the penny drops with old Eric. Yes, he as it is a his epiphany, didn't he? <laughs> he did. It was like it was like the apple falling on Newton's head. DBS is the fourth, and then next week it's the fifth. <laughs> well done, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> arm, work, arm works over Ricky. Flair gives a gives him a sly kick. The tag in rock and roll do a nice double team cross body caught by arm, but then Gibson trips him like with that. You know, crouch down behind him so he falls yeah. over him, and Ricky gets a two. Nice double drop kick on Flair. They regroup the horsemen. Bischoff and Heenan put over the rock and roll big. They say like, I know they don't look like the biggest dudes, but these guys are tag team wrestling. These guys are like two of the best tag team wrestlers you'll ever see, which I thought was nice because they are great. Uh, Flair works over Gibson. There's a low blow by Arn. <laughs> Woman rakes his one good eye. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> he's blind, oh, bog eyed, he's honest. Yeah, he's completely bog eyed and he's gone. Um, uh, old Robert Gibson gets on a flurry, old hoot, hot tag to, to Morton, who goes on an absolute tear. It's a double team low blow by Flair and a corker of a DDT by Aaron Anderson. Absolutely yeah, textbook. Textbook. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? It was. I thought it was a really nice TV match. It's just literally everything you want from these two, isn't it? To be fair, in five minutes. Yeah. Top, didn't top out, didn't didn't outstay its welcome. Just did enough 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 offense for both guys, and it didn't really didn't really hurt the rock and roll. I know they're not really pro- like featured prominently, but no. you still don't want to absolutely kill them off, do you? Want them to still be that sort of credible tag team people can knock off. That's it. That's it. You can you can put them in with pretty much anyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They can work with Steiners, Harlem, King, uh, Mengen Barb. Do you know what I mean? Horseman, either variation. It's mm. they're just a nice team to have around, even if yeah. they are past the peak a little bit. But, you know, they're that sort of legendary tag team you can roll out and get a good match out of. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of the rock and roll, me. Yeah, I mean, I, it was it was nice. It was a nice TV match. As I say, it did what it needed to do. And then you just sort of see the, the quality of Van in particular in this match, he's just you know can't Wonderful. can't speak highly enough for the bloke. And that, as you said, that that DDT was absolutely just ten out of ten. What it just hit it quick, fast, yeah. and 
big impact. It was quality. Um, yeah, that will kill many a man off. Yeah, definitely. That's a proper DDT. That's one you can use as a bloody finish. Um, yeah, isn't Jake Roberts is probably the two best DDTs going? Oh, god, yeah. Gene's back again, though, isn't he? That's bloody hell. <laughs> Three years oh, second. no. <laughs> All right, I thank you very much, uh, Eric and Bobby. We're going to try assemble some kind of order here. Woman, we saw you. Please leave me. Elizabeth, say something to her. Oh, listen, there's nothing I can do to control her. Arn Anderson, certainly we've got to talk about some things involving the horseman. And uh, coming up, of course, the big one. Involving yourself, the Nature Boy, Lex Luger Sting against the NWO. There's a time to ogle the women, Gene Oakland, and this ain't it. Because the hourglass has been turned over and the sand is running out on the NWO. The bottom line that we get to is in a short time, you don't get to pick your spot. We saw you out there already. Nobody was there. Your picture spot. Last week and the week before and the week before, you picture spot. But when they shut the cage and you look into our guts, you find out who's more man. You see, we were in the first war games and we're going to be in the last one because the last one for you is coming up real soon. Now, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, guys like you have now hit and left the building. We won't see the outsiders anymore tonight because that's not the kind of men they are. Well, if you're going to be a man in a man's sport, you better jump on a man eye to eye and nose to nose, and you're not that kind of man. All right, let's go back to Denver, Colorado, the Clash of Champions, Ric Flair. I want you to explain to me, in your opinion, many said that Hulk Hogan gave up to the figure four. Many said it, I heard it, and God is my witness. The Hulkster, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, look divine. He said, oh, great nature boy, I give up, I quit. You are too much man today. Nash. All boys of the NWO, get ready, because war games are not in the Big Apple, they're not in Chicago, they're not in LA, they're in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, home of the My God Horsemen. Woo! Thank you very much. Wait right around the corner, fall brawl, these oh, men are going to be involved in war games. More action coming up in a minute. He um yeah, he asks Liz to tell woman to stop touching him. I don't think he wants that really. I think he's just playing up to the camera for that. She <laughs> says, I can't control her. <laughs> I mean that's the first time I've heard her speak in about two months. Hello. <laughs> and you hear going. Yeah, I've got to say you hear Anne going in on about it. Cuts in saying, Look, it's not a time to be staring at the women. Come on, let's focus up. <laughs> and he says he says an absolute corker, but I could, I could be, you know, don't, I hope I haven't got the quote wrong. He said, the hourglass has been turned over and the sands of time are running out for the NWO. What a yeah, belt. Yeah, that was classic. Yeah. I've that got that myself. 
Yeah, um, he just cuts another absolute belter, doesn't he? <laughs> he's just absolutely minting it. He says there won't be, the, you know, the NWO will be able to pick their spots while they're, they're locked in the War Games cage with them. It's going to be just them and it's going to be Mano and Mano and stuff like that. Just well, that's quality. what he's alluding to, yeah. He's like saying you only pick your spots when no one's there. They're, they're essentially cowards. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But he, he's just mint, isn't he? He really is. He's just absolutely mint. And then Gene shows some footage of Clash of the Champions that we, we didn't see, unfortunately. But um, we saw enough of the clips, to be fair. And Flair says that, he, in his opinion, Hogan gave up. Um, and that's why he sort of yeah, threw the referee. And then he said that War Games is in North Carolina, home of the Horsemen, so you're going to be in enemy territory and all this. And good from both of them, to be fair. Like Arn was a little bit more standout, but Flair did his bit in the short, t- short little bit that he did as well. He was off his head, Flair, just naming cities for about ten seconds, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it, it was quite good. It was quite short, wasn't it? He got his point across as well. To be fair, yeah, thankfully, because sometimes there's a tendency to sort of go on just. These wacky tangents. Yeah. Any thoughts? Any well, additional then, thoughts? Not really. I just thought her arm was belting. Flair was animated as fuck, but good. I just thought, you know, at the moment, the horsemen, especially the arm segments, are the best thing on the fucking show. I think he's. Definitely. I think Arn Anderson, nineteen ninety six Arn Anderson. I don't think there's anyone better at the moment. He's a, he, 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 like, and not just because of like his influence on FTR, but he reminds me so much of Dax Harwood. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's a, he's having like a wrestler of the year year, and so and so's Dax at the moment. Yeah, like he, he, not just looks wise, but just in terms of his how serious he is. I just love it, and and like the the fired up notion of it. But like obviously Dax is a bit more fired up, but just his ability just to cut, just churn out quality promo and quality in ring content as well. It's just. It's absolutely meant. Arn Anderson is a man that just oozes like, do not fuck with me. Yeah. I, I take my business seriously. And if you're going to fuck about with my business, I will fucking maul you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. In the yeah. nicest possible way. Definitely. But, but after this, after that corker, we get something, we get something ice cold. <laughs> ice cold. <laughs> Another the promo. Second fucking glacier package of the night. <laughs> it must second. be soon. It's got to be soon, hasn't it, for them to do two? It's, and it's been mentioned about him. four months, for fuck's sake. It's got to be soon because they mentioned him on TV. It has to be coming in. I've no idea when, but it's got to be at it. Do you think it's going to be like Halloween Havoc or something? Because he's a bit of a like sort of dodgy character. They might bring him in then. Possibly. I just reckon he's going to end up debuting in the Saturday night show in some fucking piss-poor two-minute squash against fucking... I think he's going to have a feud against uh, the Dungeon of Doom, by the sounds of it, from what they were mentioning Braun earlier. the Leprechaun, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But then, uh, then we cut to something, you know, that we've been waiting for this guy to turn up. Young, pre-midlife crisis Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was really I was really happy to see him, actually. I know that... I, I don't normally say that nowadays, but I was quite pleased to see him actually. No, he's good here. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> but and it, who's he facing, again... Mark? I'll, I'll, like... I'll give him his. I'll give him his. Would you like his, his full title? And... Yeah, go on. Give him okay. his full title, please. Here he comes, coming to the aisle. The Earl of EDM, the Viscount of Vorsprung Dirge Technique, Das Wunderkin, Commonsy Bitter, Unwrestled Influencer. Venik Var Ein Hudson Younger, 
German techno twat, Alex Wright. Thank you for that. No one quite does it like you, with uh, Mr. Alex Wright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a nice... You mentioned it um, last week that he was debuting Jericho this week. I almost wish you hadn't mentioned it because it would have been like an even nicer surprise. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you ruined it for me there, so thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think we're going to see some good Jericho, which is, I'm I'm quite relieved of actually. I don't doubt it. It'll just be nice for a change. Yeah. Well, um, but Bischoff's putting him over big time, isn't he? He's, you know, he's he's saying he's he's been he's been all over the world and things like that. He's been in Japan. He's been in Mexico and. You know, he's messed, messed, wrestled in Canada and things like that. So he's, he's, they're obviously quite like the look of him early. And I think he said that he, he saw him at some local show and that's what made him sort of bring him in or something oh, yeah. like that. Um, before this, he'd been in ECW, he'd been in Smoky Mountain as well. He'd been in, yeah. uh, I can't remember what promotion he was in in Mexico. It was uh, it was, uh, it was one of the two. Uh, it was like Corey de Leon or whatever Cor- it was. Corazon de Leon, Lionheart, yeah. Yeah. Heart of a Lion. Um, yeah, I mean, he was wearing he was wearing that like gear that he's wearing nowadays, isn't he? When he did that little lion oh. heart, <laughs> which is quite quite depressing, really. But I can't believe it still fits him. <laughs> it's a bit funky. Clearly like. got yeah, he's clearly got new stuff made up on it. Old uh, old German techno twat backflips into the ring. Defo showing off. <laughs> he's hundred percent. Did he have lemon piping? <laughs> he, he didn't. He had a. Uh, a leather jacket on though, sweaty. <laughs> um, nice quick start. Jericho pulls out an eight point seven on the steamboat scale. It was wow. a corker. It was an absolute corker of, a, of an arm drag. Right, right, backs it up with a with a. He pulls out a seven point nine. Not as good, but not still bad not for bad. Alex Wright. Yeah, head scissor takedown by Wright. They both hit drop kicks. Stalemate. Jericho gives him a round of applause. This is Super Babyface Chris Jericho at the moment. They do hammerlock reversals. Jericho grounds and works the arm with the knee. Nice. Northern light suplex by Jericho. Nice reversals by Wright into a suplex of his own. A wheel kick by old Jezza. Eric says it was an elbow. It wasn't. It was a wheel kick. Missile drop kick to Wright on the apron. Hard fucking bump out. And then does a vertical back in. Jezza's uh, off the top rope into a drop kick by Wright. A wheel kick, then a springboard, and a cross springboard crossbody for two. A miss splash. Jericho was out right off the top outside with a, with an axe handle. He hits the rail, sells it, and uh, old babyface Jericho calls the match because uh, Wright's hurt. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to win that way. He said, didn't he? Yeah, it was an odd, odd fucking finish, but I thought it was a decent little match. What did you reckon? I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It was, it was actually refreshing to see Jericho do all the things he tries to do now, but do them so bloody well. <laughs> you, <laughs> know, you know, the you know the the the, the leg lariats and stuff like that. The you know the like the the locks and stuff like that. His transitions and things like that. You know, he's he's just he's just yeah. like it's like he's lost that he's lost like a yard of pace isn't he, in real life. So it's just like it doesn't look as good anymore. Um, he's like the opposite to to Ronaldo. You know, when Ronaldo got older, he realized he couldn't do all the shit he used to do. Jericho's yeah. like, yeah, I can. He's just doubling down on it. I can do it. I still can. I've still got the heart <laughs> then, of a lion. Yeah, but I thought it was. I thought it was good, and I thought actually Alex Wright was really good in the match as well. He he, he more than played his part. Um, you know, he's, yeah. I he's think not... I think he it was more his cup of tea. This. 
Yeah, I think it, I think they actually worked quite well with each other, and you know, Jer- I think we're going to see quite a bit of Jericho. Um, a couple of bits to point out. Bischoff said to it about there was like an attack in the corner, and he said that you know you could call that the walls of Jericho and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that's where you know the that came from. I don't know. I don't know if that's something Possibly. he used before, but he, you know that's one of the things that I sort of spotted. Yeah, like you said, the finish wasn't the best, but it sort of puts him over as like a a, a sort of super, you know, fair baby face and going forward, I'm sure. We'll see him in some more matches. I'm actually looking forward to see the development because obviously obviously he doesn't quite have that. I don't think he's quite found his personality at this point. You can sort of think, but I'm sure it's, you know, week on week it'll start to come more frequently and things like that. And obviously... He has that sort of feud with Malenko, which I'm looking forward to seeing eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does, a, he does a little promo with Gene after. Get uh, Alex Wright back up on his feet. Chris Jericho, what you've just done here in front of a national television audience, I must say, your first appearance at World Championship Wrestling, and it was a breath of fresh air. Me, Gene, when I came to World Championship Wrestling, I came here to fight to the best of my ability. And to accept a victory over this man like that is not the best of my ability. I have a lot of respect for Alex Wright, and I wasn't going to take him out like that. But there's somebody who might have taken a victory like that, someone I used to admire, and that would be Hulk Hogan and the rest of the NWO. And I tell you that me and Alex are going to fight with all our hearts for WCW! Thank you very much. Uh, We are out of time, Alex. You can just get back to the locker room and, and try to get your wits together. We've got more Nitro when we come back here on TNT. It's an yeah. uber babyface promo. Like you said, he doesn't want to win like that. But but Hogan would. He's literally just debuted. <laughs> it's every time they get to talk about Hogan, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, and, and him and Alex Wright will fight for WCW. And then uh, Wright goes to say something and gets shushed and shut down by Gene. He's like, we've got to move That on, was well right. asked, that, wasn't it? <laughs> what was that all about? That was well asked. Like, I could have let him have his little, put his 2P in. Maybe in Gene's head, he's like, oh, I've already dealt with a, a foreign guy today that couldn't speak English. I don't want to risk it on this guy. Not knowing that he's called Alex Wright, his dad is English. I'm pretty sure he speaks fluent English. <laughs> yeah, just Gene just asserted his, uh, his authority there, isn't it? <laughs> I know the backstage politician. <laughs> He's like the young bucks. <laughs> Speaking of tag tag teams, though, tag team action next. The Steiners against the Blue Bloods, Taylor and Eaton. No regal to be seen. No, no entrance to be seen. <laughs> no, they didn't get an entrance, did they? They they mentioned a couple of weeks, or it might have been a week or so ago. The, you know the the sort of friction in the Blue Bloods that is is all yeah. started to bubble over. And I guess that's why Regal wasn't there. I'm assuming that's probably why what he didn't turn up. Um, no chives either, from what I could see. Um, no chives, no. That's a shame. I, you missed you miss the chives when he's not there. Yeah, it's you like do. Cheese, cheese and chive crisps. You need the chives. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, though, Steiners didn't even get an entrance either as well, did they? Which is, no, which is weird. That's weird, that. Because normally get a good reaction, don't they? You sort of thing you want on TV, that. I was just hoping we'd get to see some eating, like properly see Bobby eating work. They sort of argue outside the Blue Bloods and Rick bangs their heads together because they can't decide who's going first. Eaton pushes Taylor off the apron. Like a big hip toss by Rick. 
He does that catch slam and beats them both, beats them both for a barking pop. A barking pop sounds mental when it gets going, doesn't it? It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Like you said, the dissension in the ranks is a great uppercut by Taylor. There's a doomsday device sort of variation by the Blue Bloods where Eaton does a cross body on Rick, who rolls through and pins for free. But it looked like he landed right on his fucking head. Yeah, that looked like it was a bit, a bit rough. That. I wonder if there was, a, there was <laughs> yeah, it was. I wonder if there's any words backstage after that. Uh, probably not with Bobby Eaton because like Bobby Eaton's like one of the nicest guys in wrestling, and everyone loved him, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah and the, and it's not like the Steiner brothers that brothers that stiff as fuck anyway. So. Yeah, good point. He probably point. got off on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a night. It was a squash with a cool finish. A bit dicey for Rick, though. I thought he's a good if he's got a thick neck. Uh, the Blue Blood self-destructs. Eaton does a lovely neck breaker. And the Steiner's just commentating on it. Uh, with Gene. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? I thought they were tag partners. And, stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then they cut a promo about the Harlan Heat match at the pay-per-view. You know, gentlemen, I'm going to say in all due respect... At Fall Brawl of the War Games, you're going to be facing the Harlem Heat for the WCW Tag Team titles. I don't think you're going to see that kind of misdirection, Rick. You know, Gene, being a dog, I like to prey on my opponents. You see, in a dog pound, it's the beat of hard times. When you boys get the Halloween havoc, I'm going to be Peter Peter, the pumpkin eater, and it's going to be my party. Rick is not Halloween, it's Fall Brawl. You know, mean Gene. Before the hands in the pen could go hot cock a doo doo me in the dark face to a gremlin or training. Behind the meat, when we get the fall brawl, my brother and I are going to get radical and you are going down. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Way to go, Gene. Thank you very much. Four Nitro here on TNT. Don't go away. I'm quite glad that the feud's still going to get it. Hopefully, it's going to get a proper end to it. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was like this weird promo, though. He's like going on like uh, Scott. Scott does a cockadoodle-doo. Yeah, it was, it was like proper, like weird. classic Scotty Snyder, wasn't it? He was just like waffling. Oh, God, the promos are fucking hilarious. I think they're great, but in like the worst possible way. So <laughs> they're going to get radical at Fall Brawl, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah, and then we get um, then we get Eric and and Bobby going on about the wooden tots versus the horsemen. All right, welcome back. We're WCW Monday Nitro Live right here on TNT, and Heenan coming up. This is the match: Sting and Luger to take on Chris Benoit and Steve Mongo McMichael. As we get into the football season, McMichael, 15 years in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, and basically what they said is, hey, Sting Luger, you want to fight with the horsemen? You've got to fight through them first, and that's why we've got the match tonight. Exactly. And I want to talk about what Hogan did and the other two members of his little group, Nash and Hall. You want to paint the town? You want to go out and paint the town up? Fine, you go do it. But Ric Flair knows how to paint the town real well. So you want to run with the big boys? You come on, bring your cans of spray paint. Wait till you see what's going to happen inside that cage at War Games. I know what's going to happen. Ted DiBiase said it. Four horsemen next week, five. My opinion. Right now, let's get to the ring. Uh, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't cracked me up with this. He goes, "Oh, the NWO wants to paint the town, but well, Flair knows how to paint the town properly because <laughs> he likes <laughs> to get on the piss <laughs> and helicopter." 
<laughs> and several alcohol issues. And yeah. But after that, we get our main event. Mongo comes down, shouts at the cameras, no babies. Luca comes out, and even when he pumps his fist to the crowd, it looks fucking wooden. There's like no passion, energy, or anything there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what do you think? I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't sort of think I microanalyzed him that much. <laughs> but <laughs> he doesn't have an awful lot of charisma, does he? But you, oh, crowd, on. crowd, super into Luca. They really are. And Sting, it's it's, it's yeah. baffling me. To me, the, the Ling, the, the Ling Stuga, the Sting Luger thing, is a bit like the Bucks Omega thing. I just do not get it. I don't get mm. it. He could sit here and explain it to me, explain it to me from now, pretty much till the end of time, and I don't, I won't get it. I don't know why <laughs> I just can't get it. There's a jump. It's a jump start and a cluster. Uh, the brawling in separate corners. Luger's like doing that sort of ten punch in the corner to Mongo. He's, he's clearly punching Mongo's shoulder. Clearly, <laughs> some like weak fucking forearms. He just looks giddy. Uh, Mongo guillotines Luger, and um, Benoit stomps him. It's a lovely neck breaker by Benoit. So then it starts to get into the match properly. They cut off the ring. There's quick tags. Uh, another neck breaker this time by Mongo cutting off Luger. Uh, there's a double clothesline, and he gets a hot tag to literally no pop. <laughs> Stings in the elevation he gives to Benoit on that face plant. Was fucking cool. Yeah, that, that looked really good. Does a drop kick to Mongo and press slam to Benoit. Luger's into the post and it all breaks down. What do you reckon? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it was it was a as you with Sting and Luger always tends to be a hot match, a hot start to the match, doesn't it? They like they always, they come bumbling in and they just go at it. But I, li- yeah. I like the little bits from Benoit and Mongo, like the little quick tags, the little you know. Yeah. The isolation in the corners. I thought they actually took to the tag team, like took as a tag team quite well, more so than Luger and Sting. Anyway, um, they look a bit more accomplished, don't they? But you know, when you've got like Arn and Flair to watch constantly, you're gonna learn, aren't you? It's quite simple though. When you really want it to be a tag team match, isn't it? It's just the simple bits and pieces that you can do just to get get to where you want to go. So like little bits like that, little, little quick in and outs, little one, two, little, like, you know, little tag team maneuvers and things like that. That really goes a long way in a tag match for me. Yeah, Instead definitely. Of, yeah. Like it just, it, simplicity is sometimes all you need. And I think they Less did that quite more. well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what the, the, the commentary team was mentioning Kevin Green. So I think it's, I think it's only like 15 weeks until the big, the big rematch, you know, the big match everyone wants to see something like that. Yeah, we'll get ready. I'm on the edge of my um, seat. <laughs> so, you know, they, they must be just putting the little building blocks in place for that feud to get going again there. <laughs> but, yeah, just as, just as the match sort of got going, though. Right, so um, NWO turn up at ringside. I thought this ending to Nitro was, was fucking mint. I don't know what you thought. I did, yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked I liked the, the timing. It was like Hogan comes down. And Mongo starts, so Hogan backs off, and then the outsiders run through the hall, just fucking nails him. It was great. Yeah. It's like the timing wise of it, but it was really well done. And then obviously the spray painting, <laughs> which is an iconic. Yeah, I mean, I, this is one of them that sort of gets played to you as like one of those sort of iconic early moments in the NWO. Um, yeah, 
but they never they never tell you the the bits in between, like the little like it's always like, well, this happened this week, and then it was that, and then it was that. Like, there's no like yeah. they never talk about like the little subtleties, like the little bits, like the Dibiase thing and things like that, where there's like those like will they won't days. I think that's a big deal. That yeah, like I think I think the NWO. The first two of you know the first couple of months of it have actually been quite good, apart from the odd hiccup here and there. You know Hogan's early promos and stuff like that that weren't the best, were they? Um, no. But you know the last few weeks, in particular, leading up to this sort of War Games match, I think all the NWO stuff's been really good. I thought this bit was really good as well. I just like the fact that they just they just got serious heat on them, didn't they? They they just took everyone out. You know the spray paints, which is sort of. It sort of becomes almost synonymous, doesn't it? Um, especially with the you know the spray paint in the belt. So let's you know let's just spray paint our opponents as well. I really liked it, and then they started spraying Flair's hair, <laughs> which I can't imagine that would have been easy to get out. <laughs> no, I mean um, I liked it when they, once they spray painted Mongo. The, the uh, one gives Sting a uh, uh, I think Sting they get uh, equal razor's edge and jackknives. And then, but I'm thinking, no one's coming to fucking help him. They've spray painted him, and then Flair and Ang come down. And they both get sprayed in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, a crowd of fucking nuclear, like they're yeah. throwing shit. It's it's genuine heat, and it's like to look back at something like that with modern eyes, you just don't see that anymore. And like no. the angle is red fucking hot, like red fucking yeah, hot. So- yeah, just get they're just getting peppered with drinks, rubbish, like everything's get lobbed in. Not as much as the the, the turn at Bash at the Beach, but no, you know, not as not too, you know, almost as as hot as that was. Great end to the show, and then obviously they they then make their way to the commentary booth, and <laughs> Bischoff and Bobby all run off, and they start doing a little bit of commentary. I proudly present yo here's the NWO. Ready or not. Here we come! Woo! Woo! How about those outsiders, huh? Oh, the outsiders. I tell Hulk you. Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Over. Hulk Hogan and the Anarchy! We love to say we told Anarchy. you so. Anything less would be too civilized. I saw that. But I thought it was really good. And then they end it with that image of, of DiBiase, you know, the four and the, the five thing as well. So... That's what we're going to find out next week. What's it going to be? I thought it was actually one of the better nitros we've seen. I don't know about you, not maybe not in terms of match quality, but just in terms of a top to bottom show. I was really intrigued. Ang- angle wise, yeah, angle wise was good. It was yeah, more an angle show than a match show, definitely. But I think it it really like it really gripped me because I wasn't, you know, the like obviously the the one we just watched SummerSlam was a bit shit, which was a disappointment. Um, yeah, it wasn't. And this was sort of a nice back to form, obviously for WCW. Oh, anyway, yeah, definitely. Any any thoughts on the show in total? I thought it was superb, um, especially the ending. I mean, yeah. there's some some decent little matches on there. Nothing too long, other than, other than the Mysterio Jerry Lynn match, but that was peppered with bullshit that you know was out of their control. I think that's literally the reason why they put it on because they knew you could get 40 and 15 minutes out of him and he could and he could pepper it with everything he needed to pepper it. I loved I loved the thing at the comms with like, hey, what about those outsiders, hey? Kind of thing. <laughs> and then 
they sprayed the, the image of him spraying the WCW on the Monday Night, night Nitro thing, spraying over yeah. it that, and then and like that when they panned to the ring and it was just fucking carnage, and then yeah. it goes to DBOC and it's like what more, that's serious what more intrigue. Yeah, yeah, what more do you want it, from your wrestling show? More the thing, the, the thing when when we're watching this now, you can see why everyone was watching this as opposed to Raw. Because oh god, yeah, this was this was, you know, you had that genuine like fuck me, what's going to happen next week? We need to tune in, um, and Raw just didn't have that at this point, did they? They just didn't have that. The the storylines in particular. No, the issue is though, in in terms of a long term thing. This is this is bad because you go this hot, you hot shot it like this. There's no coming. You know what I mean? You can't if you rein it back, people will lose interest. You've got to go for, and you've got to go further and further yeah. and further and further. That's why you know slow burners are a thing. Like yeah, Galatians. exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, you, but yeah, you know you need to do it over a period of time so you can you can rein it in, and then when the big payoff comes. You know, if you if you pay offs everything leading up to a damp squib of a match, hmm. it's yeah, it kind of it's like the reverse, isn't it? It's like with the NWO. The matches are usually turd. But the build up's really good. <laughs> but the build ups are always good. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> so everyone what tunes in to watch the to the what's the match and then goes, Fuck's sake, you've robbed me. <laughs> you know, like, that, that Hogan Giant match was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And but the build-up was good, so... <laughs> They've already got their money, brother. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. We've already got their money. But, yeah, I, this is this is something that's keeping me glued to my seat kind of thing. So, like, mm. um, obviously, next week and then the week after, before we get to Fall Brawl, it's going to be it's gonna be really, some really good stuff. Um, so, we'll go to our uh, old awards. How about... Who's your, what's your match of the night, mate? Match of the night, uh, for me... It has to be, I think, Jericho, Alex Wright, I think. That's fair for enough. I, I, I've, I've gone for the Horseman wooden tops because of the angle, but just as, yeah. a, as a pure match, I, I would, I'd have said the Horseman Rock and Roll Express. Right, okay. Way. Yeah. Because I thought it was the only one with sort of a nice conclusion, clean finish. Well, not clean finish, but you know what, the finish. I thought the I just thought the Jericho finish was a bit... Yeah, I get that. Uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just, I was quite excited about the in ring stuff. That's all. So yeah, that's yeah. all. Sort of, oh, me too. Yeah. So yeah, I'd give it that one. Um, but it could have gone. It could have gone to a couple of ones, like you said. The the the, the rock and roll and Arn and Flair match was was really good. Nice, quick, short. Yeah. To the point match as well. Um, that's it. Um, MVP. MVP. NWO, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be in it. Yeah. Got to be. It was all about them. That that. That heat that just doesn't happen. That does it. That that's genuine. That that's any other night it would have been Arn Anderson again, but um, it has to be that. Well, I'm even going to like lump in Dibiase with the NWO because I think his presence. He didn't say fuck all. He mouthed like two words, but his presence just added tons of shit. Added that weight to it, didn't it? Added that. Yeah, because gravity. What's he going to do? He's not. He is the fourth man, but he's not the fourth man because he doesn't wrestle. Yeah. He's the he's the backer. He's like the benefactor, or whatever they call him. Though. Yeah, Play, playing off playing off his million dollar man gimmick. Billion, yeah. He's billionaire Ted. No, uh, Ted Turner's billionaire Ted, and they call him trillionaire Ted. Yeah, which yeah. So I just thought, I just, yeah, I thought the NWO as a whole were great. Yeah, 
After Disco great. Duggan, Disco Duggan Heart Award, FKA Dick of the Day. Um, that's it's quite tough. That one actually. I'm going to go for get... fucking Glacier. <laughs> glacier. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't argue it. I think I might have to. Do you know what? I'm going to give it to Gene this show because he did my fucking head in this show. <laughs> <laughs> just every other segment he was on the gun. And like I, I didn't like the fact that he was like just like that first. He, he rubbed me up the wrong way in that first bit when he was doing an interview with that that who went to. Um, he just sort of he just it was a bit he was a bit disrespectful in that bit. So he just pissed me off a little bit with that. He was disrespectful to Alex fucking right as well, wasn't he? he was, yeah, it was. Yeah, was. He's a passive aggressive bastard, Gene Oakland. He really is. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> he gets away with it because he's got that voice. Ban of the night. It's a familiar winner for me. The blonde twats with the blonde hair, the fucking wooden tops, the fucking... It's just the worst. It's the dirt <laughs> worst. They really are. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't... Unless you give it to Jericho, but that's just classic Jericho, that hair, isn't it? There's not much really... Nothing that outrageous about it. Yeah, I'll give it to the wooden tops. Give it to them again. They've, they've won that quite a few times. I think that's just going to have to be known as the wooden top award. They're just going to win it every week. Yeah, yeah. Well, the wooden top could be bland promo of the night, but you know, like the worst promo of the night. But I think, I think the wooden wooden tops Barnet of the night, sponsored by wooden tops. Um, I think, I think that's definitely. Uh, that's that's definitely, the sponsor. Uh, that's it, man. Right, so that one's in the bag. That one's uh, clearly put away for posterity. We're on the road next week. Still to fall, bro. We've got the second uh, of September, nineteen ninety-six. So there's, uh, that's like the penultimate nitro before um, the go-ho. fall, bro. Yeah, it's going to be. It's, see what I mean? It's just it's it's unraveling now. It's sort of mm. it's got it's got legs and it's it's going places. And um, this is why me and you wanted to cover it in the first place because it's like it's TV that you want to watch next week. Yeah. Whereas when you want to watch. Raw or Dynamite, it's like I can take that or leave it most weeks. And then there's obviously there's always going to be something you want to watch on it, but it's not gripping. I want, I need to watch this next week to see what happens to TV. And it hasn't been, rest, I mean, wrestling hasn't been for a long fucking time. But this is why we thought we'd go for this. And um, I think as as we as we get on to the end of 1996, it's going to see some going to see some pretty good shit, and we're also going to see some absolute fucking horror show. And some comedy gold. Just uh, just a couple of bits. I did ask um, if any of our, well, fledgling fans wanted to ask us any questions. We do have a couple of questions um, really? from uh, from uh, Dan, um, who's been quite an avid supporter of us. So thanks for that, Dan. Um, yeah, nice one, Dan. He asked us, uh, Just he said, just wondering how come you started um, the WCW, WCW run through halfway through 1996? We actually started it uh, at um, Uncensored 96 in our previous incarnation. We did address this in our preview episode. Uh, we used to do a podcast called the Near Fall Podcast. We did start at Uncensored 96, Slamboree 96, and then we toddled on sort of from the start of the NWO. We didn't want to redo them because I think we, it would have lost some of it some of like initial, the, reactions. The initial reaction, yeah. Um, if, if you if you 
if you want to go back and uh, listen to those, you know, we fully encourage you to do so. I think it will make certain people happy. You know, it's the Near Four podcast. It's available on I think every every platform. Uh, we just wanted to we just wanted to do our little thing and make it more about the Nitro. That, that was more a general wrestling podcast. But yeah, we 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 just thought we started. We sort of started just before um, the NWO angle became a thing when like the last two pay per views before that, uh, because we wanted to sort of see where Hogan was at at this at his ultimate sort of comedy, you know, caricature yeah. peak. And uh, God, it was hard shit, mate. I'll be honest with you. I think, um, I think we sort of addressed it, didn't we, in one of our, I think, our preview where we said we just wanted to sort of watch in particular the the uh, the genesis of the NWO and, and whether it's overrated, whether it's been underrated. I think that was one of the big reasons why we wanted to do sort of from this year onwards and then sort of, wanted to see what the landscape was like beforehand. So so that was a sort of one of the reasons, wasn't it? And to be fair, so far I think I think the the NWO has been slightly underplayed by, you know, the the revisionist of WWF like countless DVDs they've put together. I'm sure yeah. it'll eventually it'll it'll go down paths where it's impossible to follow, but at the moment I'm really into it. So yeah, that's all too. I can really want from it. We also had a, another question um, from, ironically, another Danny, who's uh, on the uh, One Man's Meat podcast, who, uh, who is, which is a great podcast if you if you want to check that out. He goes, it's at Scottish Juggalo. His question was, if Jim, Jim Helwig works for Royal Mail Parcel Deliveries instead of being a pro wrestler, would he now be known as the ultimate courier? Uh, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, he just shortened it to Courier, and he'd now be known as uh, the late Ultimate Courier. There'd be a Courier, a Courier Award at the Royal Mail Awards. Yeah, when he went, <laughs> when he went, when he went to get his uh, Royal Mail Hall of Fame award, um, he was he was a sweaty, you know, vascular mess, and then two days later, when he went to deliver his last parcel, he stuffed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that question provided comedy gold, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Cheers, Danny, mate. <laughs> Not that one out the park, I hope. Last to have you on sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> we appreciate the questions, though. We do. We do appreciate the support from from those two guys, especially. Yeah, you've really you really put us over on on Twitter, mate. We really appreciate that. I'm glad you like what we're doing. We like we like the one man's meat podcast. We always said, didn't we? If even if it was one person that liked us, we were doing a decent job. So to have some, oh, you know, little network of people that what listen, enjoy it, it's it's definitely a nice thing to see. And the fact that me and Mark drop so many in jokes in this podcast that only me and him get. If other people get it, you know, <laughs> fucking hell, that's astounding. Because me and him <laughs> drop so many fucking partridge references and and all sorts of stuff that just tickles us. Personally, because we're just like this in general. If if other people get it, great. Yeah, we're we're really enjoying this. It's nice to nice to interact with people on Twitter. If you want to interact with us, adjective positive. Got any questions? Bring it on. Any any sort of young books Omega fans who want to counterpart our little discussion, counterpoint. Sorry, our little discussion earlier. Bring it on. You know, we welcome one and all. We're a very inclusive, like AEW, and everybody's welcome. 
So yeah, if you want to interact with us, don't don't hesitate to, to message us. So next week's going to be the, the 2nd of September. It's, it's actually quite worked out quite well when we had that little break after the last pod, like our last incarnation, because we're sort of up to date in the Almost timeline. There, yeah. yeah, so we're sort of like early September 2022. We're doing early September 1996. So um, I, I like synergy, what can I say? Um, <laughs> so have we got any further business, Mark? No, not, not for me. And I will say those immortal two words. Dicky Slater. See you later. The preceding podcast gimmick. It was paid for by Look at the Edgings. 